Warning. This is actually being recorded where there's a few Frenchies around. So you might hear barking, dogs playing, or even snoring. So let's see how our ADHD brain can manage that. Do you know which of the four communication styles you are? Communication styles hold certain patterns, behavior, and beliefs that influence our relationships and the way people comment on a post on social media. In part two of improving your communication skills, we look at it from a different angle, writing, and how it can be as challenging for folks with ADHD to just write an email. As you learn more about the four communication styles, you'll be able to decide if yours is still serving you or if it's time to start practicing new skills. Welcome to the show. Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh, forget it. They're in my hand. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boilly, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. I wanted to talk about another aspect of communication that is present in our life and that's writing because it's often a challenge when you have ADHD. Communicating is definitely an art and there's always room for improvement and I'm no exception. I sometimes find myself in situations where the way I communicate lacks clarity or I'm going in too many directions at the same time. That's one of the reasons why I script the episodes of this podcast and I know that even if I do, you may have no idea what I'm talking about because I'm not clear. Quite frankly, there wasn't supposed to be a part two on the topic, but after recording last week's episode, I realized that gathering ideas and thoughts in writing can be as complicated and difficult as doing it verbally. I also wanted to talk about the four communication styles as it gives a lot of insights on the way we and others communicate. A few things also happened this past week that I thought would bring value to you when it comes to communication. You don't necessarily have to have listened to the previous episode. However, the tips I give in it also work for communicating in writing, so you might want to listen to it to get those tips and better understand how ADHD influences our communication skills. For a lot of folks with ADHD, writing can be a nightmare, especially if they had learning challenges in school. 
Making a lot of spelling mistakes or having dyslexia, for example, can be enough for them to dread writing an email, a report, or any other document where there's something to write about or there's some writing involved. If that's your case, maybe you've had a bad experience when you were in school or you were made fun of and that is something that you carried on into adulthood that made you believe you suck at writing. There might also be a fear of being criticized for misspelling or using the wrong word. If you're talented in writing but have kept this incredible gift a secret, whatever experience Whatever experience you had in school shouldn't stand in the way. In order to do that, the stories you are telling yourself and the limiting beliefs around writing have to change. Beliefs and stories like, my writing isn't that good. It's going to interest no one. People will only see mistakes, etc., etc., etc. Here's the thing. If writing isn't something you like, that's totally fine. But if it's something that you enjoy and take pleasure in doing, then nothing, excuses, limiting beliefs, and stories should stop you from doing it. For example, even though I love to write, I wasn't having that much fun doing it for my business on social media because it wasn't something I was familiar with. So I needed to learn and practice the skills to create content that was valuable and allowed people with ADHD to identify and know they're not alone. The craziest thing is that for a while, I told myself that I wasn't good at telling stories and I truly believed I couldn't when in fact, that's what I did in my 10-year career as a reporter. Yes, it's different to write compelling stories or content for social media than it is for the 6 o'clock news. And I'm still learning. But in shifting my mindset and getting rid of that belief, it's a lot easier now. Communication has definitely changed with emails and social media in ways that I think we never suspected it would. And in my opinion, it comes with a responsibility to become aware of no matter how hard communicating is for us, not everything is worth saying or sharing and there's a way to do so in a non-offensive matter. Words are powerful. They can elevate or bring us down. They can be kind or mean, judgmental or compassionate. Whether we agree or disagree with other people, it's good to keep an open mind because oftentimes we don't know the whole story, especially on social media. Even when what you express is filled with good intention, it can be misinterpreted on social media and it can also be true for emails. In a world where everything is going fast, taking the time to filter what we want to say is super important. Same goes when writing an email. Taking the time to read what you wrote and asking yourself if the other person will understand or if you would, if you were the one receiving the email, can make a huge difference. As for social media, it's easy to get caught up in other people's business without having the full picture. Opinions expressed through comments filled with critique, judgment, anger, and disrespect are common. Do you find yourself avoiding those types of comments? 
Anyone and everyone is putting their two cents in without asking themselves if it's useful or weighing the repercussion of what they write. Socrates' triple filter test can help do that. It's meant to help us pay attention to rumors and gossip, as well as false and hurtful messages that are spread around and don't add anything to a conversation, whether it's verbally, in writing, or on social media. You may have heard of the triple filter test, but it's the story of a man who comes up to Socrates one day saying that one of his friends he met had spoken badly of him. Before listening to what he had to say, Socrates filtered the message asking three questions. If the message didn't pass the test, it wasn't worth hearing. The first question Socrates asked was, Are you absolutely sure that what you're going to tell me is true? The man couldn't be sure. So you don't know if what he said about me is true or not, said the philosopher. And the man just couldn't confirm that he didn't. Is what you're going to tell me good or not? Was Socrates' second question. The man said that, in fact, it was quite the opposite. Socrates said to him, You're going to tell me something bad, but you're not completely sure it's true? And the man admitted that it was the case. Socrates had a third and final question for the man. Is what you have to say about my friend going to help me? The man couldn't say for sure if that information was useful or not. The man couldn't say for sure if that information was useful or not. And since he didn't know if it was true or not, maybe it was useless. Socrates then said, If what you want to tell me isn't true, isn't good, and isn't even useful, why would I want to hear it? The triple filter test can serve with writing emails and comments on social media as it helps to decide what is expressed and what is not. Because one thing that we often don't think about or forget with writing is that the other person doesn't know the tone we would have if it was a verbal conversation. So it's important to take nonverbal communication or body language into consideration. There's a lot of information that we don't have access to in an email or a comment on a social media platform from nonverbal communication. Facial expressions. It's a universal language and the facial expressions for happiness, sadness, anger, surprise, fear, and disgust are the same across cultures. Other body language that holds a lot of info is body movement and posture. Your perceptions of people are influenced by the way they sit, walk, stand, or hold their head. It also includes the subtle movements they make. Gesture. Do you speak a lot with your hands? I mean, you should see me as I record my podcast episodes. My hands just talk even though there's no one. So I certainly do talk a lot with my hands and I also do so with my body. Eye contact is another type of nonverbal communication. And here I know there's something particular about ADHD as where we often seem to not being able to keep 
an eye contact with someone we're having a conversation with. But just know that it's because you're just feeling and being maybe curious about what is going on around you. But it's something that can definitely be practiced so that when you're talking to someone, well, it's easier and easier as you do develop this new habit for you to have your focus and your eyes looking at the other person. Touch is another one. The message is different whether someone's handshake is weak, gives you a warm hug, or anything else you can think of that either makes you feel comfortable or creates discomfort. And then there's the voice. Other people read our voice when we speak, so it's not just what we say, it's how we say it. So for example, maybe you love hearing my voice and you enjoy listening to the Phenomenally ADHD podcast, but it could happen that someone cannot stand the tone of my voice, the speed or whatever what, and that's okay. What are the different aspects they listen to or pay attention to? Timing, pace, tone and inflection, as well as how loud you speak. And talking about speaking loud, I definitely have a voice that carries. And I do have a confession to make. I used to get so impatient with my mom who would get so upset because of my communication style that was pretty aggressive at one point in my life. Of course, it's not the only thing that explains why my tone and criticism toward her made her feel like I was always on her back. It also had to do with my inability to understand my emotions and what triggered them. There was also the betrayal and abandonment wound that had a huge impact. But why am I telling you this? Because we'll see the four communication styles in a minute. And I wanted you to know that it's possible to change the style with which we communicate. It took me years to stop getting into arguments with my mom, saying things that made her feel worthless and that would often be so mean that she would cry. But the day I realized that even though I wanted her to change, I was the one who had to and communicating better with my mom became easier with time. All the work I did in personal development also helped a lot and I guess that I went from a communication style that was aggressive to one that is more assertive. It all comes down to looking at things from a different and larger perspective that helps us see the bigger picture. Next time you feel the urge to leave a comment on social media on something that triggers you, take a step back and think about the use of doing it, the energy it's going to cost you to be in those low vibes, See how it serves you and how it is influenced by your communication style. And chances are, you may decide that leaving a comment is useless. Because your communication style can really get in the way. I think this is also true for comments we read or write ourselves on social media. The thing that irritates me the most with social media is seeing unsolicited advice, conclusions, and assumptions. 
And that's without mentioning that sometimes it's just plain violent rather than being compassionate and understanding. It's not all black and white, I know, but it's way too present and I stay away from it as much as I can. On the other hand, it's interesting to read from an analytical perspective to maybe try to understand where the other person is coming from and why he or she is assuming, jumping to conclusions or giving unwanted advice. Because as humans, we seek and need to be heard, seen, understood and belong. The way we are conditioned as well as our emotional wounds, like I mentioned before, create filters through which we perceive the world. That too influences how we communicate. So here are the four communication styles. Passive, aggressive, passive aggressive, and assertive. The passive communicator can be recognized by a difficulty to express him or herself. Um, a person that is easily giving in to others and they don't express their thoughts, opinions, needs and feelings. The passive communicator often fails to assert for himself or herself, allows others to deliberately or inadvertently infringe on their rights, tends to speak softly and apologetically, and has poor eye contact and slumped body posture. The impact of a pattern of passive communication is feeling anxious because life seems out of control, depressed because the passive communicator feels stuck and hopeless, resentful but unaware of it because of unmet needs, confused because they ignore their own feelings, and unable to mature because real issues are never addressed. A passive communicator will say, believe things like, I'm unable to stand up for my rights. I don't know what my rights are. I get stepped on by everyone. People never consider my feelings. Next style, the aggressive form of communication. And it can be identified as being at the other end of the spectrum. Aggressive communicators tend to dominate the conversation. They command and ask questions in a rude way. Everything is about them. So here's an idea on how they behave. They talk over other people. They have poor listening and interrupt frequently. They are controlling and demanding, point finger, stare and glare intensely, frown, criticize, try to dominate or attack others, use humiliation to control others, and they are impulsive. They use you statements and often have overbearing or intimidating posture. Aggressive communicators use phrases like these, it's my way or the highway or I'll get my way no matter what. I react instantly because I said so. You owe me. The impact of aggressive communication is that the individuals with this communication pattern become alienated from others, generate fear and hatred from others, always blame others instead of owning their issues and thus are unable to mature. Passive-aggressive communication will appear passive on the surface, however, 
resentment and anger hide underneath the surface that comes through in subtle, indirect ways. Those type of communicators usually feel powerless, stuck, and resentful because they feel incapable of dealing with the cause of their resentments. Their behavior include being frequently sarcastic, words that don't align with their actions, having facial expressions that don't match their words or how they feel, such as smiling when in reality they're angry, difficulty to acknowledge emotions, mumble to themselves or speak inarticulately rather than facing the person or issue, denying there is a problem. They use phrases like, fine, whatever, I don't care, I was only joking after they've said something rude, sarcastic, or damaging. They have beliefs such as, I'm resentful and weak, so I disrupt, sabotage, and frustrate. I will appear cooperative, but in reality, it's the opposite. The impact of such a pattern is that passive-aggressive communicators will end up alienated from others around them, remain stuck in powerlessness, discharge resentment while real issues are never addressed, and that's one of the reasons they can gain maturity. Last but not least, the assertive communicator. This style of communication provides a way to communicate that is effective and healthy. Assertive communicators have an open, honest dialogue and take the needs of others into consideration. What differentiates assertive communicators is that they value themselves, their time, and their emotional, spiritual, and physical needs. They are also strong advocates for themselves and are also very respectful of the rights of others. If you have that communication style, you show the following behaviors. You are able to express your desires and needs with confidence. Encourage balanced conversations where both people are able to express themselves. You use I statements. You are able to say no. You can maintain good eye contact. Speak in a calm and clear tone of voice. Your body posture is relaxed. You feel a connection with others. You feel competent and in control. You won't allow to be abused or manipulated by others. Assertive communication sounds like, my happiness is my own responsibility. The opinions and needs of others are important and I respect them. Everyone has the right to express themselves respectfully and honestly. The impact of a pattern of assertive communication is that the individuals that have it feel connected to others, feel in control of their lives, are able to mature because they address issues and problems as they arise, create a respectful environment for others to grow and mature. The assertive communicator will say and believe things like, Everyone is equally entitled to express themselves respectfully to one another. I am confident about who I am. I realize I have choices in my life and I consider my options. I can't control others, but I can control myself. I place a high priority on having my rights respected. I am responsible for getting my needs met in a respectful manner. 
Assertiveness allows us to take care of ourselves and is fundamental for good mental health and healthy relationships. There's a lot to take into consideration when it comes to interpersonal relationships, and I really hope that you are able to identify your learning style as well as having the knowledge to know what communication style the people around you use. And if your communication style is not one that is serving you anymore, know that it's possible to get the skills needed to get closer to a more assertive style of communication. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions and have a wonderful, epic, legendary week. I so appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.